What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Beyond Meaning, the hidden science of thought. I'm so excited to finally be back here creating another episode for you lovely individuals. So, I mean, I've been chilling. I've been chilling heavy. I've been on my grind and I've just been developing everything that is my experience. And actually, I know that season three is all around mysticism. But I feel it's very important to talk about how mindset uh, impacts, well, everything, including the metaphysical and mystical. Mindset, homies, that's everything. So, I mean, oftentimes we'll just like coast through what we're thinking or what we're doing or what we want to do. But like if we're not mentally strong, it's not going to be sustainable. And honestly, anything that is worth accomplishing is not done in one day. So you need to be sustainable. For example, when you get more depth and you're doing five day rituals and they need to be done in five days, you can't just have that one energy one day and it just be super intense one day and then not it be reciprocated throughout the rest of the four days. You need to have that energy spread out across every ritual practice for example and that goes hand in hand with mental uh, with your mindset with your mentalism and your ability to stay well motivated despite not seeing the results that you're looking for in this precise particular exact moment so how does that go and how do you go ahead and create a mindset that is strong and sturdy well what what challenges you what what forces you to be strong um, I'm going to talk personal, personal stories, and I'm going to use the stories that work for me. So running, guys. Guys, as you know, running is everything for me. It's it's everything. I just, uh, running for me is the only way for me to express myself to me myself as the human in my body so i use running as the tool for my soul to grow exclusive of the outside world taking shape and notice of what my accomplishments are um for example me choosing to write and me choosing to express the ideas that i have on a podcast are for me to be able to relay them to someone else but my running path has actually been created exclusively for myself because of the fact that well i mean why else would i run like honestly i sit down and think about it and it's like when i run i'm the only person that reaps those benefits and ultimately the more I run, the more I grow as an individual. And the more I grow as an individual, the more ideas I'm capable of, well, culminating into a, into what this show is. And, well, I've noticed that my ability to be perseverant has 100% everything to do with the fact that, well, it has to do with how strong you are mentally. And how do you build that mental toughness? Bro, you go through the shit. So there's really no uh, no agenda for this episode. Um, we are in Libra season, so I want to get into that since there will be relevancy with that in season three. But as far as, you know, the actual content and development of the ideas that we're going to be talking about, I also want to talk about a, a specific ritual that you can be performing right now that can help you with that mindset. But nothing is going to fix your mindset other than actually showing up being accountable and doing the work listening to my show is going to do nothing for you unless you fucking apply it so i mean 
yo, don't get me wrong. Maybe you are applying. Like, if you're not gonna apply it, maybe you just like the sound of my voice, and that's fair, that's fair. But why would you not apply it if you know what you need to do for you to level up? Because you're lazy? Like, why would you want to be complacent? You know, like, I know that my audience isn't one to be complacent, so why would you choose to be complacent? And again, out of all the people listening to this, this doesn't necessarily need to be at you. Like, I have no idea who I'm talking to right now. I'm just, I'm speaking into the microphone as an open channel, and I'm just flowing with the words that are coming out of my mouth. But I don't necessarily pretend to say like, hey, I know that this is what's going on in your life or I know that this isn't what you're doing. But hey, if the boot fits, then the boot fits. And I mean, maybe let's say it doesn't even fit. You know, this isn't even for you. Then awesome, bro. You're an accountable individual. Then why are you listening to this? Um, because I challenge you? That's amazing. So if I challenge you to be your best self, what more can you do to challenge your mindset that you aren't doing already? So I run. A way for me to challenge my mindset is to break the 10 second 100 meter dash. I'm working so hard on that. It's pretty difficult, but I've only been able to break 10 seconds once to like 9.876 or something like that. Not, not even like 9.8, 9.7. I have a screenie of it somewhere, but that's irrelevant, you know, like, but the, I challenge my mindset because I know that the mental limitation that goes with reaching that limit of you being about to lose consciousness and break is on the other side of that greatness. Like you giving up mid run because it's like, oh my God, I'm tired. It hurts my lungs, my chest. Yo, if you hold on for like 20 more seconds and if you could find the strength to just persevere through that, you're going to set that PB, bro. And I'm, I, this is me just talking to myself. Obviously, a lot of this stuff is just a self-projection, but I guess maybe even in my younger self or a point of me in like a point where I was in a lower vibration. But in this moment in time, this is the highest I've ever vibrated. Actually, yo team, I just remembered Bro, last week, you might have saw it on Instagram, you might have not, but bros, we made it to the 29th position in philosophy. Bro, the podcast is in 29th for philosophy. Bro, I know that I can't do this alone. You helped me get here. Thank you. Wow. Bro, I... I, I I just, I was so surprised when I found out because last time I checked was like in June, like mid-June, no, not even, it was in May. And I launched the podcast in February. So from February to May, I was only in like, what, 98th or something like that. But now I checked again, like uh, ending of September, like the last couple of days of September. And bro, we're in 29. Bro, what the fuck? This started as just a passion project, as a lot of you know, if you've been following my content, which I mean, the numbers show you have. Um, and like, as it's just evolved, yo, you guys, we've evolved with it. And I'm so grateful for that. Like I couldn't have even, I couldn't have even like contemplated doing this without, well, I mean, I just, I started without really, pretending to know where I wanted to go. I was just like, we're gonna do it. <laughs> we're gonna do it and that's what we're gonna do. 
And um, I even remember the first episode, like the first season, I just I recorded on an iPad. I, I, I recorded it with the microphone of an iPad, and I was just like, these are ideas that have just been that I've been incubating and it's like this is this is the model that I've started to develop and apply for myself and it's been yielding good information for me good good output like you know like I mean this is the input the ideas are my input and the output has been well the life that I've wanted to live and as creating that life I've been able to create a sort of well system and a belief system on top of that initial well foundational system that is rooted in truth honesty and reality um that has well yielded the maximum amount of prosperity in my life and that has gone well hand in hand with creating a sustainable mindset and mindset isn't just like fucking work 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 like honestly i was talking to one of my best friends a little bit ago Dude, it's like we were talking about the rule of thirds. Like, like a third of the time, we're gonna feel amazing, like we're right on time, and like what we're, we're exactly where we need to be. But like that's fleeting because another third of the time, we're gonna be confused, uncertain, and like just kind of like floating. And like it's like we have our lantern, but we don't know where the destination is. And then the other third of the time, we're gonna be confused, lost, and you know really in the shit because it's like we're gonna be growing, learning, and applying the knowledge that we've learn to the new ideas that we're faced with and it's like we can't be expected to like really know everything you know and it's like it's okay to not know and actually unknowing is the actual beginning to a deeper sense of knowing because it's like if you don't know what you don't know you can't learn what you don't know but if you know that you don't know something and you can be accountable with yourself and say hey i don't fucking know this then you can fucking continue you can fucking continue you know, and it's like, as I'm thinking and talking out loud, you know, it's like the mindset that separates you from an amazing person and a mediocre person isn't necessarily like having, like, it's just about doing you, having the confidence to be so exclusively yourself that you don't give a fuck about what anyone else has to say about you. And that goes with like, just doing it the best that you can. And it's like the, the mental barriers that get in the way of preventing from preventing you to, well, actually step into that ownership of your full potential is no one other than yourself. Because it's like, even if the outside world is out here trying to like stop you or disencourage you from actually being that self that is the highest self, that, that self is going to well, it, it, it ultimately falls upon yourself as to whether or not you believe and take that with like validity or not. And there's no easy way to do that other than just like repetition. Like, okay, recently I stopped smoking weed because my running career is starting to take off and I decided to, well, take it into reality and it's like go full in on it. And so I've, I, I've quit weed now and I haven't smoked. I've just been cold turkeying it. And throughout the course of like me experiencing withdrawal, I realized that if you don't give something up to, uh, if you don't give something up in the process of chasing your passion, you're not gonna be able to transmute that raw energy because it's like, let's look at it like a computer program. Let's say that like your storage system is full with all the things that you currently do that occupy your space and time. 
So in order for you to be able to transmute that energy, you need to be able to acquire new energy from within the same parameters of the space that is present. So what does that look like? It looks like changing your habits into a specific way. And it's like, don't get me wrong. I always knew that like weed was only a temporary thing, but it, I was just like waiting until the point in time where I was like, all right, I'm able to like just give it up now because it's like there's something more. There's something more that I want to chase. Uh, there's something more that I want to chase. Prior to that, it was just like, all right, I'm like here, I'm successful and I'm good. But there's still more like now I'm at that point. Prior to that, I was just like, I was comfortable and I was like able to figure it out while I was smoking weed. But I realized that, wow, okay, if I give up weed, I'm going to be so much better. And like, it, bro, a sheesh. Like, it's, it's, it's true, bro. Like, I mean, not only am I a better athlete, but like, dude, the mental clarity, like, I, that's not even what I was going to say. Um, what I was trying to say is that like, between the point of me quitting weed and now, like, I've been going through withdrawal, obviously. And within those moments of withdrawal, the mind actually starts to present you specific well motivations and specific encounters within your life where you well lost your energy this goes so hand in hand with like the soul retrieval stuff that we've been talking about for a couple of weeks now and actually i want to go ahead and apply it because it's like the more that like well if you've taken an actual tolerance break or you've just quit smoking weed or you've gone through the the symptoms of withdrawal in any manner or shape or form or whatever you'll know that like the ideas and the thoughts that you get they take you back in time to those well it's almost post-traumatic stress and it's in order for you to face that energy you know and it's like as i've taught you before when you reclaim that energy you got to use it in the present moment so not only does giving up weed like liberate so much energy in the present moment it also forces you to go back into the past to retrieve all the energy that you've been repressing over the course and time of like well xyz time and like by now like i mean the cravings are basically gone sometimes i'll be like hey it would be nice to smoke weed but i noticed something else and what i fucking noticed was that like the cravings come from transitionary periods of awareness so if you're not fully mindful in the moment you're gonna and your mind wanders off you need to realize that like bro i'm no longer in the present moment because if i were in the present moment i wouldn't even have the ability to crave something because i'm so involved in the thing i'm doing right now and that liberates a lot of space because the more mindful you can be in the present moment, the more you can tap into just being aware inside of here. And by the way, having to quit out of conditional necessity rather than organic necessity is different because it's like sometimes you're required to just stop smoking, be it like you're pregnant or something like that, or maybe like you're starting a new job and like you need to do a drug test or something like that. But like choosing to quit out of organic nature it's like all right i want to quit because it's going to make me a better individual because i know that if i stop smoking my lungs will be stronger and i'll be able to push harder and by pushing harder i'll be able to do you see um that's going to motivate you and it's going to help you draw deeper pockets of energy from your subconscious mind through infinite intelligence and you're going to be able to apply that directly within your waking hours as a well mindfulness exercise or as a a superpower whatever you want to call it okay well currently as i record this it is uh, the 6th of october and we're right on the new moon in libra and it's obviously libra season so we're going to talk a little bit about venus and libra and the implications that they bring to us 
and then I'm going to also give you a ritual and then we're going to do a card pool probably a two card pool a three card pool something like that we'll see okay in her mythological and symbolical aspect the planet Venus has been venerated the wide world over in her dual character of love and wisdom the bright star of the morning proud Lucifer was the harbinger of genius and wisdom and truly, none of the stars of heaven can compare with the brilliance and glory of Venus when she shines as the herald of day. As the goddess of love, she is equally prominent. The ancient Greeks also represented her as Aphrodite, wearing the horns of her sacred bull, Taurus. Kabbalistically, the planet Venus signifies the love elements within the soul of the grand archetypal man and therefore represents the sense of feeling within embodied humanity. It consequently expresses the clinging, yielding, feminine portion of the human constitution. Upon the esoteric plane sphere, Venus becomes the celestial Anael, prince of the astral light. In this character, we behold her powers of transformation and the conservation of forces. As Isis represents the astral fluid in the state of rest, pregnant with the things to be, Anael represents the same fluid in action. Therefore, the Moon and Venus from the Kabbalistic symbols for the two modes of motion within the soul of the universe. Astrologically considered, the planet Venus may be said to represent mirth, joy, convivility, and the influx inclines those under her rule to pleasure-seeking and grand display. The pleasures of society are especially governed by Venus. Balls, parties, concerts, and receptions possess almost irresistible attractions to those born under her influence. If afflicted in feminine horoscope without strong counteracting rays, the native becomes, and I quote, unfortunate and suffers from the loss of virtue, hence the position of Venus is very important. Upon the intellectual plane, Venus controls the higher group of the domestic qualities and the ideal artistic and musical sentiments. Those dominated by her influx excel in music, arts, and poetry. Hence, the danger of being misled by flattery and sentimental nonsense is very great when Venus is not protected by harmonious rays. Upon the physical plane, when Venus has chief dominion over the mind of the native, she induces a strong predilection for society and inclines to dancing, music, drawing, etc. She also confers a good-humored, witty kind of charitable disposition. Men dominated by this influx are always great favorites with their fair sex, but they are thoroughly deficient in firmness and self-control. And, if ill-dignified, the male native will often find himself in awkward affairs and is liable to fall into intemperance. A friendly aspect of Saturn, in such cases, would do much towards cooling and steadying the native's character and inducing reflection. Women born with Venus in the Ascendant generally display the most amiable, engaging, and fascinating qualities. If well-aspected, they are neat and artistic in their dress and personal appearance, elegant in their homes and generally as virtuous as they are beautiful. It has been truly said, the general disposition derived from Venus is that of mildness and genuine good nature, and whatever defects may fall in the lot of the native, they are seldom great ones, 
and are more the result of weakness and strong animal nature than constitutional wickedness or a desire to do wrong. In this we fully conquer and will only add that the chances to do wrong are multiplied by the possessing externalism. They are of medium stature, of fair clear complexion, bright sparkling wicked eyes, handsome features and beautiful form. The name Libra is Latin for pound. Pound is the unit of weight for the scales. A pair of scales is the glyph for this sign. As October means eight and is the eighth month beginning with March, the spring equinox, we must analyze this number. Eight is made up of four plus four, or two squares, thus square plus square, which constitute the two weights in the scale pans. The idea underlying the analysis of the sign is that of balance, equilibrium. In a cosmic sense, it is analogous to the two halves of the year. Physiologically, it has to do with the kidneys, adrenal glands, and bladder, which constitute the last of the vital organs and the first half of the vital part of the body. The seven months beginning with Aries constitute the vital months of the year. There are no vital organs in the parts corresponding to the last five zodiacal signs. As the well-being of the lower parts of the body depend on the perfect functioning of the vital organs, so does involution depend on evolution and vice versa. The forces of nature are now indrawing after having been focused into the matrix or womb of the earth. Virgo. At this period of the year, vegetation begins to look lifeless and unattractive, except to those who know what is taking place. It is they who understand nature in all her moods. She is now beginning an entirely new work, gathering in her forces. As autumn is the harvesting time, she is concentrating them so that they may be ready to pour forth again in the spring. Libra is the seventh sign and the second of the air triplicity, Gemini, being the first and Aquarius the third. It is under the rulership of Venus. The first deacon is essentially under this vibration, the middle deacon under the combined vibrations of Uranus and Saturn, while the last deacon is subject to the co-rulership of Mercury. Thus, the faults or attributes of this planet are modified or intensified by the vibration of the co-rulers. It is very interesting to note that the last deacon of Virgo is under the co-rulership of Venus. The vibration of the latter is affected and we may venture to suggest becomes more rapid under the expansive power of the air. There are thus two Venus vibrations joining the circle at this point. The last 10 degrees of Virgo and the first 10 of Libra. This is also true of the opposite side of the circle, with the exception that Mars is the ruler under which the last deacon of Pisces vibrates, and it also rules the dominant first deacon of Aries. As Mars means energy, and Venus has to do with material, their vibrations cross each other at these two points in the circle, that of the two equinoxes. Energy working with material closes the circle of the year and the cycle of life at these two points. Venus was also termed Lucifer by the ancients, and in Smith's Bible Dictionary, we find the following relative to this subject. Lucifer literally means light-bringing, 
The name is, in Isaiah 14.12, coupled with the epithet, son of the morning, and clearly means a bright star, and probably what we call the morning star. In this passage, it is a symbolical representation of the king of Babylon in his splendor and in his fall. In application to Satan in his fall from heaven arises probably from the fact that the Babylonian Empire is in scriptures represented as the type of tyrannical and self-idolizing power and especially connected with the empire of the evil one in the apocalypse. Okay, so I know I pelted you with a lot of information and not all of it might make sense. A lot of it might make sense, but there might be some things that you're like, what the fuck? I know what I did. Um, this was intentional, so I want to start making a compendium. And, uh, I don't want to have to, like... Like, we're gonna get into it all, but in this specific moment, like, I decided to read all of this information as a way to make it the first installment in the compendium of information that we're gonna be going over with the, well, 12 zodiacal signs, and we're gonna be going over the planets as well, and their influences with the zodiac. Like we uh, foreshadowed or how we said we were going to do in, uh, well, the beginning of the season. Um, as you see now, it's a lot of information, but uh, but it's going to make sense as we explain it. Uh, I see that we're running out of time in this episode, so I do intend on posting up a follow-up episode. Episode. Uh, I do intend on posting a follow-up episode um, later, probably that'll just be its own episode where we actually start to discuss and talk about, well, what the heck everything is and the like. But right now, actually, uh, what I want to do is transition into the ritual. Awesome. Well, let's just get right into the spell. This spell will help give you confidence to further pursue and expand your psychic abilities. It will also increase your inclination to experiment with new forms of divination. It will aid in opening your third eye, which is your intuitive eye and the center of your psychic power, where information beyond the physical world comes from. The third eye is located in the middle of your forehead between the eyebrows. It is etheric and obviously not visible. The third eye is also considered your sixth chakra, which is the type of spinning energy vortex that is invisible within the body. If you are drawn to become more intuitive, perform this spell and invoke the power. Your talent is the call. Do not rush this spell. Take your time and do this alone, or with a person of the opposite sex, thereby using the energy of the masculine and feminine, the yin and the yang vital force. So what you're going to need are whatever tools that will allow you to form the requirements that I'll get into now. So you're going to need wine or fruit juice, a special glass or chalice for the wine or juice. Uh, if you're performing this spell with someone else, you may choose to drink from the same chalice, mixing your energies. Incense, cologne, perfume, or something that you can smell. It's, it's a must for this ritual. Uh, if you don't like the aroma of the suggested incenses or anything like that, just use whatever you find pleasant. A deep purple colored cloth, like silk, velvet, felt, or something soft of any size. A bell, a gong, or a chime. 
Uh, sometimes wind chimes will work if you do not have an individual bell, but if you are using large wind chimes, you may have to lay them on the ground if there is nowhere to hang them within your circle. Uh, you just need to make sure that you can strike them together or hit them with something so that they make a ringing tone. You could also use a singing bowl. I use my singing bowl. A good suggestion is to cast your formation right below them so you merely have to stand up to tap them. Uh, you may want to include tools of divination to be used after the spell, such as cards, runes, crystals, etc. You're going to need three candles for this ritual, purple, orange, and white. Set them in a row in front of you with the purple to the left, the white in the middle, and the orange to the right. The formation of the spell should begin with casting a circle. If you're using a triangle or a square, cast your circle first, then cast the circle or the square or whatever formation within it. Star. Uh, the best formation for the spell is in fact a triangle. So cast your formation using the methods that we've described in earlier episodes. And uh, yeah, so the next step would be to face the north. And you're going to want to arrange your candles, how I said just right now, in this direction. So that they will be in front of you when you are sitting towards the north. This spell will work best if you cast it during the full moon or the new moon, since it's yin and yang energy. Uh, ultimately, what you're trying to bring to fullness is your clarity, and it's going to allow for you to visualize the emptiness within your mind that you want to fill with well, the fullness and clarity of the full moon. You can do this twice in the new moon and in the full moon. That'll be extra intentional. And actually, how we were just mentioning uh, right now, you're going to want to definitely... Well, I mean, this would be a good way for you to practice consistency with spell work. If you do it in the, in the new moon and then if you do it in the full moon, that's going to be two points in time where you channel the same energy. And then, well, the, the, the following items are just going to add dimension to the spell and they're going to help you focus more fully, but they're not necessary. Uh, like gemstones or specific incense like pine or frankincense or clove uh, and then music uh, if you like music and you will not find it distracting you might want to play something instrumental that is meditative and peaceful so okay before you start your spell make sure that you have no distractions turn off your phone play the soothing music keep the lights dim Get in the mood you know wash your hands or even shower before you begin if you want to go hardcore fast um, as most of you know, I already, I have a, uh, 20, 20 hours fasting every day and I, through a four hour period, uh, when I prepare for rituals like this, I'll definitely fast for at least 72 hours. Um, the reason that I choose 72 hours is because, well, I mean, at 72 hours you enter ketosis. Um, and yeah, there's definitely no food in your system at that point. Um, because of the fact that during the anabolic and the fat burning phases of the initial fast, you're, well, yeah, you're burning all that stuff off. And um, you want to be a clear vessel. But like I said, you don't have to if you don't want to. Um, yeah, so go ahead and gather everything that you need. Have it close and begin by drawing your formation. Connect with your higher power and allow the flow to tap into you. 
Uh, you're going to want to read this affirmation. Write it out. I encourage you to write it out. Kind of like imagine if this is like a lecture and you're the student and I am the professor and I'm giving you notes. Write down these notes. I willingly open my mind to the growth of my psychic abilities and I am invoking the power within to enhance my life for good and positive purposes. May my intuition reach its highest expression. I affirm my oneness with the universal life force. I will pay close attention to messages I receive. I will examine my hunches to see how accurate I am. Surround me with the additional vibrations that are required to reach my psychic potential. And so it is. Now you're going to want to light your candles, but not the incense or the diffuser or whatever your aromatic is. Then you're going to want to ring the bell and say, I hear the power. If you choose to do this with another person, allow the woman to ring the bell first and only the woman to ring the bell. Take a sip of your wine and say, I taste the power. Again, if there's two of you, allow the man to drink first and say, I taste the power and then pass it to the woman and she repeats. I taste the power. Next, you're going to want to light your incense or your diffuser or the cologne or whatever you're using and say, I smell the power. The woman should trigger whatever the aromatic is. Close your eyes for a few seconds and upon opening them, say, I see the power. Take your cloth and press it in between your hands and say, I feel the power. And if there's two of you, both the man and the woman should have their own separate piece of cloth in which to hold their own energies. Um, I like velvet. Velvet is really good for uh, maintaining the energy present. Now recite the following incantation. With earth and air and water and fire, my strength increases to realms much higher. I invoke the power here tonight. I've heard the call. It is my right. If you're alone, stretch out your arms to the sky and say, I am the power. If there's two of you, hold hands and stretch out to the sky and say, I am the power with all four arms outstretched. And now to end the incantation, you're going to want to say, all for good, harm to none. Now I claim the spell is done. Uh, conclude with any statements that signify the closure of the ceremony in your mind, such as, as so it is, bless be, I close the circle. Next, extinguish the candles and release your formation. Take another sip of the wine in celebration and sit in your circle for a while and reflect or perform some type of magic if you would like. Perhaps this would be a good time for you to do tarot reading or gaze into your crystal scrying, etc. Enjoy your magical craft and let me know how it goes. I'm really grateful that I was able to share this with you. It's perfect for this time 
right now. It's quite sensual in nature as you're coming into, well, that's what intuition is. Intuition is rather sensual and feminine. This is actually going to be a perfect transition into well, the concluding statements for the episode. And this week we're going to be doing another card, card pool, one or two cards, maybe three. But we're going to be using a different deck. We're going to be using the Whispers of Lord Ganesh. And it's an Oracle deck. I love this deck so much. I, uh, Ganesh has been a masterful guide in my life. I, I love him. I love Ganesh. <laughs> okay, cool. So um, we'll just get straight into it. Um, I'm going to close my eyes. I'm, I'm going to ground, but this will be an intermittary, an intermittent, an intermission. That's the word. This is going to be an intermission between me grounding, shuffling, and coming back and saying that. So feel free to take a few breaths. Um, I'm going to pause the reading. I mean, I'm going to pause and then just resume recording when I am ready. Uh, feel free to pause the recording and take a few deep breaths with me. I'm going to be taking a handful of breaths just to properly ground and stuff. And then, yeah, we'll be back. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, so I shuffled the deck, I went ahead and grounded, and now we're going to draw a card, yeah. Whoa, whoa, so I gave myself a, uh, <laughs> I gave myself a reading like two days ago, and I shuffled well, I promise you, um, <laughs> I shuffled well, uh, but I drew the same card that I drew, uh, at that point, I, I it's uh, right now it's Thursday. I gave myself a reading on Sunday with this deck, and I just drew the same card. Uh, I just drew the same card. Um, so talk about a confirmation. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, personal transformation. Your soul is assisting you with creating changes to align you with your life's purpose. Ganesh is pointing to the heavens and encouraging you to be open to new ideas and the growth of your spirit. Listen to the still, small voice within. You may have been feeling a strong desire to obtain or experience again a sense of meaning, inspiration, or purpose in your life. This is likely a time in which you are making some significant adjustments in your life. These adjustments are helping you in the process of changing yourself from the old you to the new you, and you will soon benefit from a fresh perspective on life. You are in a great place now for honoring the person who you truly are or want to be, rather than simply following a routine that has little meaning to you. This is a profound spiritual journey that you are experiencing, which brings greater meaning and purpose into your life. This will renew your inner energy. Eliminate everything in your life that is not essential to your transformation. Realize that some of your activities may be in place simply to act as buffers or distractions from, from what is truly important. Allow the changes that are taking place and trust that a period of greater calm and stability will follow. Ganesh is calling you to your destiny. Your calls for guidance have not gone unnoticed and you will ultimately find what you are yearning for. Honestly, every time I read something from this deck, I just feel so uplifted and cosmically wrapped in a blanket of love and understanding and acceptance. And it's ultimately always you at the end of the day. And it's beautiful to see that in action. I feel so 
emotional right now not gonna lie family um yeah uh today i actually today was my first day training for a triathlon and um i spent about well i was at the gym for six hours that doesn't mean i was working out straight for six hours but i did myself uh i did myself a favor and i ran 10k i biked about 20k and then I'm a I, I'm not a swimmer. Uh, swimming is actually my weakest out of the three, and so I only did a uh, half kilometer on that. Um, yeah, and that's just wow. I I spoke with uh, with a close friend, and his company is con uh, is so open to sponsoring me for races. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Let's draw another card because the message is quite beautiful in this moment. Nice. So we drew 35 for the first card and 42 for the second card. 42 stands for achievement. That's what the name of the card is, achievement. And what this card is trying to tell us is that you are surrounded by abundance and prosperity, luxury and quality, prestige and sophistication, value and elegance. Many stories relate that Ganesh has two wives, Siri, success, and Ridhi, prosperity. The symbolism of these two women indicates that if you walk on the path set by Ganesh, success and prosperity are guaranteed to be always by your side. The search for material success seldom brings with it achievements of spiritual goals. Ganesh wishes you to realize that by actively developing your spirituality and consciously working with the divine, you will experience positive flow-on effects in all areas of your existence. When you stay connected to your spiritual nature, you have a more serene mind. Develop an accepting perception of yourself. This attitude will help your heart open to spiritual matters. A high level of self-mastery coupled with a high ethical practice will increase the likelihood of enjoying material success. As more people discover the rewards of a more dynamic and fulfilling spiritual life, this success will be the norm in society and not have an exception for few eccentric individuals. The more relationships among human beings develop into true kinship, the more humanity can achieve beyond the present limits of knowledge and materials measures of success. Become part of a brotherhood governed by love, working towards building a happier, more loving and productive global society. Jeez, well, if that's not what we have here, family, I don't know what is, because I pride myself in this community of heart-centered individuals that are committed to loving their growth and loving their development in such a way that, well, you become the uncommon outlier amongst the uncommon outliers. That's cool, fam. Um, I could do one more, but I think that I'm just gonna close the energy here. I'm really grateful to be on the producing end of these words while you are on the receiving end of these words. Um, we've really done hot. We've really done it, fam. We've done it well. We've we've done it well. Um, yeah. Well, I think that this is a good place to close. Um, 
if you want to get in touch. Well, actually, I want you to watch. I want you to see the pictures. It's important for me for you to see the pictures. Um, so click on the link in the description so that you can get a look at these pictures because they are beautiful pictures that are uh, worth looking at. All right, fam. Uh, signing off.